and welcome to another episode of the Two Fans Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joshua Amen. And I'm your other co-host, Ari Jessels. And we've got, I can see him reaching for the clown horn already. Monday recap. Yeah, the highlight of the week where we, we run down the, the sports stories that a lot of us might have missed. And we'd like to bring it to you. Yeah, and what a week this has been. I know we've been talking a lot recently, like, you know, this has been a little, little quiet weeks. So you have one big splash in there. Um, this week, we have a lot of stuff to get to. And honestly, I don't even know if we're going to get to it all. Well, we got we to gotta make it quick then. <laughs> or split this into two parts, you know, who knows. Um, uh, we've done that before. I'm not going to put it out of, out of the question, but I think we'll, we'll, we'll start with, what may or may not be the, the biggest deal. It really depends on, on where you put your focus on. Um, but this was, if I'm not mistaken, this was actually a couple hours after uh, we recorded last week's Monday recap uh, when Dak Prescott uh, finally, after years of, uh, of discussion between him and, and the Cowboys front office, uh, have the they've extended him four years for 160 million dollars total. Yep, he's going to make 75 mil in the first year, and man got paid. You know, he's he's a good player. Obviously, he was having an MVP season before he he got hurt. And I don't know. I think it's actually a justified uh, contract because I feel like also now when we see a lot of contracts, we always say, "Oh, that's way too much." Like going back to Patrick Mahomes who made half a billion dollars. You know, that was way too much. We see a lot of these guys that they get overshot for. I feel like this Dak deal is kind of fair. I feel like he didn't lose anything, but they still have some room to expand and build around him. I would have to disagree. Do keep in mind, this is still, he's being paid on average 40 million a year. And that, I mean, that's, that's a lot, especially like it's, what yeah 80 percent of of what Mahomes got I'm pretty sure don't quote me on this but the, but it's the second uh highest average annual salary uh, of any NFL player right now and in terms of especially with uh I'm generally in the camp of don't pay your quarterback lucrative deals because you know when the last time a quarterback making uh 30 million dollars won a Super Bowl uh was it it's a trick question it, it never happened uh that, and that's my point like if you want to win you have to make sure that that your that your quarterback's talent is really outplaying uh his salary i don't think i think this is a high bar for Dak to reach of course with the weapons he has on offense it's doable but at the same time now what are you going to do with your defense it wasn't that good last year and they don't really have the cast face anymore uh, to improve it. Yeah, and I also just adding on to that, I'm I'm a Dak supporter. I think he's good. I thought he got a lot of hate before he went down. But another thing is, remember he just came. He's coming off an injury. He's coming off a year where he only played like five games, went down, and we got to see what happens. For what we know, this contract could blow up in his face and blow up in the faces of of everyone who's around it. Well, I think Dak deserved to get paid though, and that's that. I think that there's definitely a high ceiling for him, but he's definitely someone who should have got paid and finally got paid. Now the Cowboys, there is a lot of issues in that. 
But we saw a lot of those issues when Dak went down, when they didn't have a reliable quarterback, despite all those weapons with C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and uh, Michael, I can't remember his last name right now. Callum? Callum, thank you. You got Tony yeah, makes Pollard. sense. Probably one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Definitely. I think he's really underrated, and I just proved it by not knowing his name. I think you have a decent run game, and now Tony Pollard stepping up, who might be able to replace Ezekiel Elliott. We definitely saw before with Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, and all those guys, when they tried to step up on the field, the Cowboys couldn't produce. They really fell apart, and we saw a lot of woes on the offensive side, a side which we all knew should have been better than they were. I think if Dak steps up to this plate, this contract is justifiable. Yeah, I, I should also clarify, of course, from, I'm talking about from, from sort of the team's perspective when I say don't pay the quarterback. Of course, um, from Dak's perspective, like good for him for – uh, for for getting paid, just in terms of the uh, sort of whole economics of, of of football, in terms of are they being paid too much as far as market? Good good for for Dak. This is not meant to be a knock on him. He he gets uh, what he deserves. Oh, definitely. I think he's definitely someone who definitely deserved it. And only time will tell if this contract was justifiable. But as we've seen with tens uh, with trends in the past. As you said, paying the quarterback isn't always the smart move. Yeah, of course, last year, uh, Dak, of course, started, started the season uh, on, the, on the franchise tag. Uh, a bunch of different uh, teams have been uh, using their, uh, the franchise tags this year, uh, including not limited to uh, the Broncos with, uh, with Justin Simmons, uh, the Buccaneers with Chris Godwin. And I think the most interesting story uh, within this Actually, you know what? No, I, I will. I will get to that. I'll get to that later. I think uh, we'll. I'll talk about a couple of a couple of. Uh, actually, let's, let's go to the the two Super Bowl teams, the Chiefs and the Bucks, because they both made some moves recently. One makes a lot of sense. The other does not. Uh, can we just like recap the Super Bowl real quick? What happened? Yeah, definitely. And I want to. Uh, going this afterwards I had a pretty nice segment but this is a problem when you overpay your quarterback sometimes is you don't leave room for a lot of people as we know and we did recap this Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz two of the main guys that keep Alex Smith protected weren't playing in the Um, Super Bowl okay you said you said then because I feel like I'm I mean, yeah, they did keep Alex Smith protected in 2018. Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, who kept – I miss Alex Smith, man. I I want to do good. I want to step on on a field. I just wanted that redemption story. I don't like – I didn't talk about this yesterday last week. Wait, hold on, hold on. No, they kept Alex Smith protected in 2017. I'm sorry. Here I am making making your mistake, correcting your mistake, but go on. (laughs) Yeah, so um, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, two of the big reasons Patrick Mahomes has been so protected, didn't play in the Super Bowl. As we saw in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes was the most pressured quarterback in Super Bowl history who had to run for over 500 yards while trying to avoid the Buccaneers' defense. Recently, on uh, four days ago, actually, the Chiefs released Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz to save some cap room. I mean, listen, I am... What, this is one of the reasons, again, I say I I say because people think that the quarterback is the entire offense, but they all, always overlook the offensive line. We saw exactly what happened with Mahomes without an offensive line in the Super Bowl, and it is not pretty. 
And I get it that the Chiefs are in cap hell and it is brutal, especially this year when the cap is going down. But this is the most vital part of any offense, a, a great offensive line. And when you get rid of two of the five guys, granted, I know Mitchell, Mitchell Swartz was out for most of the season, most of the season Mike Grummers, uh, f- uh filled in pretty well. But Eric Fisher, that, that's just that that's just good, no excuse for that. Definitely. And you, that, that's a big issue when you overpay these guys like Tyree. I know their offense is great, like Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kessie. They definitely did deserve to get paid. But look what's happening now. And there's reports that Chief Center Austin Reader is most likely to leave in free agency. So now that's three guys, three of the key guys who help out, who protect Patrick, they're now gone. We saw what happened when a lot of key guys are missing before. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl. Who's to say that won't translate to the regular season? As far as we know, the Chiefs need to do something quick on their offensive line before Patrick Mahomes, something happens to him. That's all I got to say with that. Yeah, and I just want to look at at the other the other end because we talked about, of course, the, Chief, the Chiefs got absolutely obliterated by that offensive line in the Super Bowl by that Buccaneers defense. And the one thing that the, that the Buccaneers – uh, have made have made a priority already locking in uh, two of the of those key players on defense for the foreseeable future in Levante David and just a couple hours ago Shaq Barrett. Definitely, I think that's a, two big key pieces for how well this Bucks team is going to do in the future. But a lot of that came with Tom Brady reworking his contract, which opened nineteen million dollars in cap space, and I feel like that's one of the reasons why Brady is the goat. He, he doesn't want to get paid the big money because he knows with the money, they could help build around him. They could add on to pieces. They could keep key pieces in. With the Bucks yeah, defense that's, now, that's, oh, sorry. sorry, with the Bucks defense now, you're keeping a lot of key parts for the reason why they were so good. You're just building on top of their success already. Yeah, you, you've, I mean, you, I want, sorry, I wanted to jump in there a little, a little bit prematurely, but. Like, like you said, with Tom Brady, he was notorious for accepting team-friendly deals uh, with the Patriots, with, which let them uh, build, build around and win uh, six Super Bowls with him. And that, that's, a, that's another, again, point two. You can either pay the quarterback or be a Super Bowl-caliber team, but not necessarily both, both at, at the same time. But... Uh, uh, but yeah, and it looks again looks like Tom Brady is going to do do a similar thing, allow uh, the Bucks to to free up cap space to, I mean to to keep uh, to keep the core of that defense around, and that's generally one of three things that just about every single player you can think of uh, has done uh, this offseason. It is that if you can think of a player, they've either a reworked their deal. Uh, to create more cap space, B, taking a team-friendly deal that just pays them less, or C, just been cut to save cap space. Yeah, and I got I just got to say, this is why Brady's the GOAT. You know, he's taking team-friendly deals that help, that help everything build around him. Yeah, absolutely. One more thing. Um, okay, no, it's not one more thing, but I think the, the, mo- the biggest thing we haven't touched uh, – on yet is just how deep this wide receiver free agency class is. You have, I'll just list, I'll just list four names and there are a lot of others uh, that, that can, that can make an impact, but T Y Hilton, Kenny Galladay, 
AJ Green, Golden Tate. Those are the, fir- the first four I have on a list. It's probably like 10 or 15 long. Uh, just adding to that, Juju Smith-Schuster and Corey Davis. All right, I'll, I'll, do you, I'll do you a couple better. Marvin Jones, Don Brown, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Curtis Samuel. Will Fuller. And, and possibly Allen Robinson. Wait, but I thought Allen Robinson was franchise tagged. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And then according to Jeremy Fowler, Alan, he says, and I quote, Allen Robinson, I'm told, has zero plans to sign his franchise tag in the immediate future. So considering their contract negotiations in the fall did not go well, this could drag out a long while where Robinson doesn't show up, doesn't sign that tag. As a Bears fan, very frustrated in how little was paid attention to the offense the past couple of years, thinking, oh, yes, if we bring in Nick Foles, that will solve all of our problems. Uh, Spoiler alert, it didn't. Just, uh, yeah. just let, just, just let household burn to the ground at this point. I, I'm, I'm just like so done. Allen Robinson absolutely deserves to be uh, on anywhere else, even back in Jacksonville. As a Browns fan, my deepest condolences go out to you. But yeah, it's crazy to see how there's a lot of faults in the Bear system. And everyone's still blaming Mitch about it. I know you're a big Mitch fan. I think he gets overhated. And we see a lot, day by day, we see a lot of cracks coming out with the Bears organization. Like, look at what happened recently with Kyle Long coming out of retirement. Just because uh, That was what I was going to get to next. So you do, he, you're talking about it. Yeah, he had said uh, at some point, either during the season and last offseason, whatever it was, uh, where he said, like, if he were to come back out of retirement to play for the Bears, it would have to be uh, with a different front office, which really, this is the offensive captain from a couple of years ago who, who's just blasting the organization, tells you just how bad uh, it really is. Now, when you, I mean, you see him actually come out of retirement to play with anyone but the Bears, just, 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 just goes to show you. Yeah. Listen, I, as again, as a Browns fan, my deepest consolation is to go out to you and hopefully. Something's got to change in that front office. I know we said this time and time again that a Q, the QB room, getting Nick Foles, a lot of that issues, they're not the big issues that Bears are facing. That's not something they need to fix. Right now, if I'm, if I'm just an outsider, I've got to say, okay, this front office doesn't know what they're doing. They're dragging players out of this team. There's literally a guy who came out of retirement just so he doesn't have to play with the team. He retired just so he wouldn't play with the team. That, 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 even as a, just a fan of, of football, you could tell that there's a picture that's not right with it. Yeah. One thing, Brian Pace, if you are listening and if you are listening, first of all, why are you listening to this and not calling Eric Fisher? Because the offensive line, specifically the offensive tackles are the biggest holes on your offense and nothing will change until it gets fixed. Yeah, and there's, they definitely got to fix that. So, But speaking of offensive tackles, Titans trade Isaiah Wilson to the Dolphins. As we know, Wilson really didn't produce on the field, only played four snaps, and there was a lot of controversy with him in the locker room. Yeah, again, as a, I, I will also say we, we've also talked about sort of how 
how rookies have kind of gotten a, gotten a bad rap recently where everyone thinks that they're going to uh, develop quickly or become impact starters in their, in their first year. Of course, Isaiah Wilson, a late first round pick, uh, was seen as, as, as more of a project. And so sort of the Titans sort of giving up on him after one year. Uh, I mean, I, I really guess, because I don't know what it was like in the locker room, if he, if he really was that bad a character, uh, then, I, then I guess. But um, uh, the Dolphins have definitely, definitely uh, bought low. And I think especially with, with, that, with that young team there, especially when we talk about the wide receiver uh, cl- uh, class this year, that they can they can sign a couple of those guys, uh, draft them, Jamar Chase, uh, just pre- I don't know get uh, get uh, develop Miles Gaston a little a little bit more, uh, then they could be a very formidable team, or so I would say. Until I just realized again, oh yeah, what happened with Kyle Van Noy? Yeah, but that, that's the thing we still don't I still don't get especially the drop of Kyle Van Noy. Really stupid. Really holds back the Dolphins' success, and now that's going to be more people blaming Tua, who a rookie who definitely doesn't deserve the hate. But for Isaiah Wilson's case, uh, he had a lot of uh, problems with the law, got arrested a few times, and uh, I guess they just had enough of it. But just staying to the Dolphins, this again, why drop Calvin Noy? He was on his first year in the team. He was a captain of the team, and you could just rework his contract. The only thing that I like at this is that I said that I, I know I said this before and we had to think, but the Jets have a better chance in the AFC East now. I mean, really the big winner, the, the big winner of, the, of all this is, is the Buffalo Bills. I will also, I should also say, we talk about those wide receiver, that wide receiver class. They are losing two, two, uh, two of those uh, key pieces to that, to that deep wide receiver core in, J, in uh, Zay Jones and John Brown. Uh, so, so I think, that uh, re-signing at least one of them uh, should be should be a priority for them. But they've also kept a lot of their team. They've re-signed uh, guys like Matt Milano and Vernon Butler uh, to uh, to some cheaper deals. Uh, and of course, nothing. Uh, there's still a lot of, a lot of continuity in that offense. Brian Dable was not lost to uh, uh, to head coaching, which uh, should definitely keep their offense uh, as dominant as it was last year. Definitely. They keep a lot of repeat. They kept a lot of pieces. I know they just signed John Felicino. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. And for the receivers, it's just a matter of who you want to keep back. But the Bills are in a strong case. Yeah. All right. One more, one more final thing that, uh, that I, I hate to announce as a Bears fan, but kind of expected at this point, um, that after the Packers made the surprising move not to franchise tag Aaron Jones, my hopes uh, got up a little bit. Oh yeah, maybe maybe he can leave, and then maybe the Packers won't be as good. You know, like I I don't expect the Bears to win the NFC North, but I would rather the Packers lose it at this point. Um, unfortunately for me, but fortunately for Packers fans, uh, he he recently uh, resigned with with the Packers uh, on on a pretty big deal. So um, good for them, I guess. Yeah, he signed a four-year, $48 million deal. And two big questions I have is, why not franchise tag him since a franchise tag for running backs was uh, $8.6 $8. $6 million for 2021? And what happened to AJ? What's going to happen to AJ Dillon? Did he just ruin his pick? Did he just ruin your first and second round pick for the future, for right now? I mean, I think, I think if we, because we, we've seen flashes from what AJ Dillon can do, 
Um, that sort of one-two punch there uh, is going to be deadly to, to any team, uh, really. And I think, uh, I think especially sort of when you look at the draft, when they made the mistake of not drafting a wide receiver uh, one too many times, unfortunately for me, uh, I have to admit that the, that the Packers front office uh, actually kind of somewhat sort of uh, knows what they're doing. And so I, I don't think that they'll make that same mistake again. They'll actually patch up the whole, the, the one big hole that they have on their team and um, uh, more rough times as a Bears fan. Uh, and yeah, especially since this, uh, this upcoming draft has a pretty deep wide receiver class, not as deep as last year, but there's still a lot of talks about it. I know it's mainly we mainly focus on the quarterbacks this year, rightfully so, but the wide receivers are kind of underrated this year. So let's see what happens with the Packers. Because all we know, they, they might draft Jordan Love's successor in this year's draft. Oh, would I, would I love to, to see that? Because it's really, like, whenever we talk about an NFC North team, um, baffling everyone by trading up uh, in the first round of draft a quarterback. That's really what we should be talking about. At least, at least the Bears drafted a need. But, uh, but we've talked about, we've talked about uh, this free agency for a bit too long. Uh, when you consider that March Madness is starting. Uh, yes, but I feel like we're dismissing uh, two big stories in football. Then we'll go to March Madness. Uh, uh, what am John, I missing? Uh, John U. Smith just today signed a, a four-year, $50 million deal with the Patriots. And Drew Brees retired after 20 years in the NFL. I legitimately cannot believe, like, there's been so much th- this week that, like, I, of course, in any other week, I, I would have immediately thought, yeah, that's one of the top stories. Um, but not, not, to, not to discredit his, his, his career or anything, but... Uh, Man, you'll we will we will remember you, Drew. Definitely, Drew's, Drew Brees definitely going to be in Canton in twenty twenty six, the first year he's eligible, and just had a great, uh, incredible career. So there's not much more you can say about his career. It's just been what everything wanted. I just want everyone to be uh, uh, eighty thousand total, eighty thousand plus uh, NFL passing yards. That's uh, number one in history. He has a Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP, multiple five thousand yard seasons, and. Just a great player. Just a great, uh, just a great player. You you always hear great stories about the guy, and yeah, see you in Canton in twenty twenty six. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think like with again, like you you kept seeing like even through this year, uh, he and Tom Brady sort of battling for, uh, for the for the sort of all time, uh, passing records. Unfortunately, unfortunately for him, it, it looks like uh, Brady still has a, a little bit left in the tank. Uh, that that he's that he will probably. Uh, come out on top, but uh, but as far as when you look at uh, look at greatest players to never win an MVP, um, that conversation starts and ends uh, at least in the NFL with Drew Brees. Definitely, but uh, even without the MVP, still a fantastic career. Absolutely, um, but yeah, Mark Madness is starting. Uh, probably again should put a disclaimer uh, before the before these kind of segments that. Uh, that uh, we don't know too much about college sports. Or basketball sometimes. Uh, you know, yeah, sports in general sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, I can't really argue. Um, but 
Do you have a, a couple of, a couple of thoughts on March? Yeah, of course you have to have a couple of thoughts on March Madness. It's March Madness. Okay, Gonzaga, obviously undefeated, definitely gonna have a deep push. But wouldn't it be funny if they lose to the number sixteen uh, Norfolk uh, Norfolk State or slash Appalachian State? I just think it would just be funny for this undefeated team to just lose to a number sixteen team. But um, obviously. There's not much I can say. I think uh, UConn definitely going to go far as usual. I know uh, their women's league is much better than their men's league, but they still have some pushes. Michigan is going to be interesting to watch. I just feel like Michigan sports never has a, I don't know, they, they always find a way to flop. Baylor and Hartford. Um, Hartford made a surprising push. This is the first time in a while that they made a March Madness tournament. So that's definitely going to be interesting to see. Uh North Carolina, obviously, they haven't been as good. I mean, they're still pretty good, but you know what I mean. They're not that. They're not the North Carolina as in previous year. Duke is not on this, which yeah, Duke. This like, is yeah. This yeah, is the ahead. first year. This is the first year Duke uh, is not in the, in the in the bracket for the first time um, since 1995. Of course, they uh, were not necessarily having. Uh, uh, all that good of a regular season and then had to drop out of the ACC tournament uh, due to COVID. Yeah, and despite uh, the COVID, it's kind of nice not seeing Duke on this. I don't know, I just feel like, yeah, if, if it's Duke, we kind of, everyone expects them to go far and I'm more of an underdog story. Illinois versus Drexel. I'm kind of surprised that Drexel made it to this tournament. I don't know, uh, I just think that it's just crazy. They went the spar good for them. Uh, Loyola College. I know that's the one with with the nuns. So, and we've we've all seen those clips in the previous March in the previous year's March Madness. That's why they're always a fan favorite for some people. And uh, obviously, I gotta go. I gotta rock with Iona because Jonathan Stankos, who was on the show before. Yeah, I'm sure he is. He is absolutely uh, uh, thrilled to see uh, to see the to see the gills there as as a 15 seed in March Madness camp. Probably should have at least. Uh, yeah, number 15. Uh, they're going to play the number two Alabama. I can you 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 have a you have a you have the football program and then and then a two seed in basketball like can can we can we limit it to one? Yeah, how's I I got a good football. So how can how's about the basketball players have to play a football game twice a month and the football guys got to play a basketball game twice a month also? You know, kind of even it out. It's an idea. It is it is it is uh, an idea. Um. One more, uh, yeah, I, I keep saying one more thing and then I talk about like five different things. Um, as far as, because uh, usually, of course, you have the, you have the 32 conference, champion, uh, conference champions that, uh, that clinch their, uh, their ticket into March Madness. Uh, this year, it's only 31 after the Ivy League decided that they would not only not hold a championship tournament, uh, but would not send uh, any of their teams uh, to uh, the overall tournament. Yeah, and it was kind of surprising to see that they, the Ivy Leagues wouldn't send in some teams. But, you know, with, with the state of the world right now, with a lot of concerns, it's, it's really up in the air what most teams want to do. Well, a lot of people are getting vaccinated. A lot of people are wearing masks more. They're taking it more seriously, especially since we've been in the situation for over a year. It really could have went 50-50 for what they would have done. And in all honesty, I'm kind of surprised, but looking, uh, seeing it, just thinking about it for a few seconds, even a few minutes, it's not that surprising to see why they wouldn't go in this tournament. 
Yeah. Again, we uh, we we do say that we we don't know a whole lot, but I I can say at least a couple of, a couple of players uh, that uh, that you might want to look out for. Uh, of course, of course uh, uh, on Iowa, they're two seed. Uh, you have uh, Luca Garza, pretty pretty strong candidate for for Player of the Year. Um, if you're looking if you're looking more towards the draft, uh, then you probably want to look at Oklahoma State. And uh, projected number one overall pick, uh, Cade Cunningham. Um, if you're looking at a couple of the one seeds uh, in the Big Ten, you have Michigan uh, and Illinois, both both as one seeds in, uh, from the Big Ten. Uh, we'll look out for for some some star power there. You have on Michigan uh, Hunter Dickinson, and on Illinois uh, Ao Desunmu. Well, I don't know who any of them are. If they're in a top rank. They definitely deserved it. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with March Madness. I got to do some more research on these players and maybe have a reason to finally watch one of these games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, who doesn't who doesn't uh, at least watch like, of course, I, I'm not the biggest college basketball fan, but any any I mean, just about every March, of course, except last one. Uh, just especially the first round, you have those two days, and you have like the back to back to back to back, and you're just following all of like the the close game because for whatever reason, every single one of those games just seems just seems to be uh, so like so close, and it's just it just always like it it doesn't matter what what's going on with with school with the world or anything, just those those two days especially, I'm just dropping what I'm doing and watching something. Uh, I've never watched a college basketball game. I've never watched March Madness. So maybe, you know, we all get our different things, but maybe this is the year I finally tune in. Yeah, especially, of course, when you have a, a team, a team like uh, like Gonzaga entering the bracket 26 and 0 and could be the first uh, undefeated team uh, in the NCAA to finish the whole season undefeated since 1976. Listen, you know me, I want them to lose to number 16, Norfolk, uh, Appalachian State. You know, that's the only reason I might watch this game. But Gonzaga, if they go undefeated, tremendous for them. They definitely deserved it. They're always, they're definitely going to be a favorite to go all the way. But I just think it's funny if they lose around one. So. Yeah, I, w- I will say, I don't know. I don't know much about this year, but I do know uh, next year, if nothing changes, I'll probably be rooting uh, for, for Duke. And uh, and one of their biggest biggest recruits, AJ Griffin, from White Plains, New York. Woo! And we're Westchester. He's in White Plains. I'm in New Rochelle. So we got we got to go with uh, with our locals. And only 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 reason I I mention it. I can't say that I know. Actually, no. I would know like one other guy from that uh, from that recruiting class. Um, but. Uh, We've probably talked about this uh, too much for for what we know. Uh, so I guess if you want to make one 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 last pick. Who do you think's going to win it all? Um, as someone who I gotta go with, I don't know who honestly. I know Iona. They don't have a great tendency of going that far, even losing round one a few times. Most likely Gonzaga. I just think it's funny if they lose to North uh, Appalachian State at number who's ranked number sixteen, but. Uh, Gonzaga's going to go far, so that's going to be interesting. Hopefully, they can pull up that undefeated season, but again, I'm not big on college uh, basketball, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see, and yeah, that's all I, I got to say about it. So it's going to be fun and interesting. 
Yeah, of course, it's hard to go really against an undefeated team, but hey, the uh, the the 06 Patriots uh, happened, so any anything anything is possible. I will I will of course say that uh, that that I that I'll probably be rooting for Iona because I don't really have much uh, much of a horse uh, otherwise in this race. Uh, wow! So I just realized that we are. I mean, we just covered the the big two stories, but there's still a lot of other things that have happened this week that we definitely uh, still do need to cover. So what do you say uh, that we make this a two-parter? I said, let's do it. Uh, Two-part Monday recap. Let's go. Yeah, we need to to rebrand there a Monday and Tuesday recap, but whatever. Uh, With that being said, thank you so much for listening to us and bearing with us. We do this uh, every single day, Monday through Thursdays, Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or something you want us to talk about, you can always email us at twofanspodcast at gmail.com, number two, fanspodcast, fanspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and as always, until next time, we will talk to you then.